This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome into the Inside Carolina postgame live show. Uh, we like to do these nowadays after basketball games. Missed one, did the opener with UNCW with Dewey Burke. Um, life happened on College of Charleston. So here we are, Sherelle joining me for a quick post-game podcast. Carolina 72, Gardner-Webb 66. Sherelle, we can talk about this one for a little bit. I don't know if there's much talk about what were your overall takes here just to get us going yeah it's, it's one of those november games uh that you don't really remember it happened they played the game carolina uh won they didn't win by as much as many people would thought and you move on to the next one so that, that's pretty much all i take away from this individual game i do think through you know, the first three games, and they basically have a four-game none conference if you look at it that way, before uh, Portland. So I'm looking at it as those four games as a none conference. What can we learn from from that set And as they head up, you know, to Oregon and the competition gets better? Uh, so I, I, I think you're starting to see some things that are, okay, like, you know, a, a point you need to look at, you know, put, put a pin in that particular thing and see if it, um, changes or improves as this team continues to build chemistry with each other. But from tonight's game, not much you can really take. The defense was good in the first half and not so great in the second half. And the offense was uh, okay in the first half and, and pretty solid in the second half. So they, they haven't been able to really put a 40-minute game together uh, through three games. But again, they won the game, and I probably will never think of this particular game ever again, and we move on. One thing, I think a positive that we saw early on, at least, is Pete Nance was as aggressive as he's been thus far this season, I think. Uh, I think he showed some things that people may have thought he had, um, but had not seen. And quite frankly, me watching him, I thought he needed to be more aggressive. Um, But I understand being the new guy on the block. What do you you think about his performance, at least in the first half? Well, I think there was a lot of that – the whole refrain since he signed is that he's not Brady Manic, and everybody has been told you he's not Brady Manic. He's not Brady Manic. Well, they're similar in that they are experienced guys coming into a locker room that has a bunch of other experienced guys. And I think you saw some from Manic last year as well, kind of trying to fill out his place, what he was supposed to do when he wasn't supposed to do it, when he could shoot, when he couldn't shoot, 
I think you saw Nance through two games doing the same thing. He looked like he really wanted to defer and he wanted to establish himself as part of the team before, you know, getting the shots up. And I think he realizes after those first two games that they, you know, they need a third shooter. They need someone who can score from the outside. You know, if, if Baycott um, isn't, you know, having a great time, you know, like he did in the first half of both games, then you need someone on the inside who can score, who can uh, loosen things up for Caleb Love and RJ Davis. And so, um, once he got hot, man, he started rolling, and he had a couple of, of really impressive uh, offensive moves. Uh, I think the one I'm thinking about is uh, from the left baseline. It was just a catch and turnaround um, jumper from about you know 10 or 11 feet. Really impressive stuff. So I think he saw his full um, offensive arsenal kind of display as far as shooting. Um, really good passer though, and I think there was a couple of passes he made to Armando, um, Fakuda, and there was a couple he made from the high low. They were very impressive too. So, um, yeah, good for him. Maybe that will ingratiate himself more into games, and he'll feel more comfortable, uh, kind of taking over when need be. Because I, I do think, uh, as crazy as it sounds, that chemistry—not like they don't like each other, but on-court chemistry—is um, not there yet, and it's still developing. Yeah, and like we saw last year, uh, I mean, watching for me these first three games, and and tell me if I'm wrong here, and if I am, I'll own it. It looks very similar to last year. It does. It does. I yeah. mean, and the, and people forget that last year, up until whenever the f- switch flipped, and especially in November and December, was pretty ugly. Yeah, so it's, it's been it's kind of disjointed. There's a lot of uh, dribbling. There's not a lot of passing. There's not a lot of assists. Um, there's not a lot of ball movement. It doesn't feel like, uh, and that stuff will come uh, because you have to realize again, chemistry is is kind of made. I think in the season. It was wonderful the way they finished out last year, but this is a completely new team. And even though four of the five guys are back who who were in that Iron Five, you still have to develop an identity. And it's very early for, let alone Carolina, any team to have a, a real defined identity. And I think they're searching for it. I think for now it needs to be on the defensive end. That's where they can really kind of kind of make hay as the offense comes and they figure out spacing and they figure out who likes the ball where, and they figure out how Armando and, and Nance are going to play together. Uh, so I, I would lean that they can be a really good defensive team, and they've shown it. Um, so lean on that for now while the offense comes around. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the, the stats, uh, I thought Carolina um, played well defensively up until the second half of this game. Uh, they're they're – they, they seemed balled in, and I'm talking about the first three games. I mean, they, they gave up a lot of points to College of Charleston, but they seemed balled in. Second half, not so much. Where do you see this team? I, I see them when they move forward here. They got James Madison um, coming up, and then they go to Portland. Where do you see them on your scale of what we can expect deeper in the season here? I think they're going to have to win some games with defense early, aren't they? Yeah, hundred percent. I I don't think they're even close to the the ceiling or what the finished product is going to look like. If if the finished product is a ten, they're probably at a two and a half now. Um, and that's just again, you have to you have to build this stuff in season. As much as it's great to have chemistry off campus and during practice, there's nothing like games to really um, you know understand where you're lacking, what deficiencies you have, what your strengths are all that good stuff. And I think right now, you know, there's there's a couple of things that it can really depend on is that uh, Caleb Love can, can come in and close the game offensively 
And I think that uh, Pete Nance, uh, in my opinion, has been phenomenal defensively. That's been the biggest surprise for me through three games. Um, just uh, he, he doesn't always grab a rebound, but his ability to, to switch things, his ability to block shots, his ability to stay with guys who are a little bit quicker than him. I thought that was a big question mark coming into the season. And that's a huge advantage for, for UNC because, you know, again, comparing it to last year, uh, if Armando Baycott wasn't providing rim protection, there wasn't any. And that's not the case this year because they have Nance back there. So to your point, I think defensively is where um, they can really kind of create an identity early in the season between Seth Trimble, who is an excellent defender and a very smart player and wise beyond his years. Um, Nance, Leakey, Caleb Love has played some some pretty good defense. Uh, I think Armando's will come around. Uh, they have a chance to be a, a, a good defensive team, and that's what they need to win some of these games in, in November, early December. Uh, somebody said earlier in the chat, and shout out to the folks that have joined us here. Shout out to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring us. Of course, if you're not a premium subscriber and you're in this chat, uh, you need to be. And if you haven't subscribed to this YouTube channel, please do that. Like, review, all that good stuff. Uh, where do you see, and then I lost my train of thought on there. Um, as far as Caleb Love, uh, we saw what he's capable of. We saw what he's also capable of, um, <laughs> good and bad last year how do you see his maturity or his game or how his game has matured over the summer until now do you see much difference in in what we talked about last year i I see a much more concerted effort to drive to the rim and a much more concerted effort to uh get his teammates involved and not always being not always looking to score first second third fourth and fifth um, I think that was kind of the way he was wired and, frankly, the way the team needed him to be wired last year. I don't think that's necessarily the case this year. I mean, he had I think he had four assists last game and then four assists tonight. Um, so that, that doesn't happen often. He might have had more than four last game. But he's I think he's been the leading assist man these last two games. Um, so that shows you and, you know, his, his, his want to when it comes to passing the ball to teammates. But then also um, driving to the rim. I think if you remember his freshman and really part of last year, when he drove to the rim, it was almost a guaranteed turnover uh, because he was driving to the rim. I think he was kind of searching out contact, trying to look for a foul, trying to get bailed out instead of going to the rim saying, I'm going to score. And if you get in the way, it'll be a foul, but I'm still going to score. And uh, I think that's been a a huge change for him this year, just much more efficient um, driving to the lane. I, I think, the last couple of years, I can't remember the stat at all, but it was something like he was 30 some percent from two and like 36 or 37 percent from three. And now it's kind of flipped. He's shooting really well from two and not shooting that well from three. Um, but I, I think the three point shot will come. But, yeah, to me, the change that you talked about, the maturity is getting teammates, getting teammates involved, not always looking to score and uh, not always settling for kind of long pull up threes. And Baycott, Baycott, uh, no double-double tonight, um, 10 and 9, 2 for 9 from the field. Again, he looks very similar to how he looked early last year. And at times, what have you seen from him? Um, you know, he, he's he's going to have to deal with guys trying to draw charges, guys trying to run him around on the perimeter, even with Pete Nance out there. At, at least there's somebody, like you mentioned earlier, to still be underneath or, or close to the rim with Pete Nance's out there, but how do you see Baycott's game developing and, and what can he do going forward to sort of get in the groove, get back in the groove, you think? 
That's that's a good question because he does look a little um, unsure. I think maybe might be the right word. And that goes back to Hubert Davis has talked about in press conferences that he's been trying to play Baycott and uh, Pete Nance a lot together, not just in practice, but in exhibitions and the secret scrimmage so they could develop that chemistry. And it's going to take some time uh, because, you know, Nance, I think, plays a little more in the paint, I would say, than Brady Manick. And I feel like Baycott's been so used to having so much space because of the way Manic played last year um, in the corners, you know, out on the perimeter because he, he's an excellent shooter. I think he's just used to having so much space that when he has just a little bit less space than he had last year, it's it's a, it's a different situation. It's him trying to figure out, okay, I don't have quite as much space. How do I operate? Um, so that's definitely a part of it. And then, I mean, these guys are human. I think my biggest question coming into the season, and we might have talked about this, or we talked about it on different podcasts, is that um, it's it's very easy to get up for Duke in the Final Four. It's very easy to get up for playing at Cameron and Coach K's final game. It's very easy to get up for the national championship game. You know, College of Charleston on what was it Friday? You know, Gardner Webb on a on a Tuesday night or Monday night, whatever today is, <laughs> is yeah, I, really? I, yeah, I'm not quite sure. You know, that's, that's a challenge because they've been kind of to the mountaintop, so to speak. And um, I, I, I think, I think it'd be naive to assume that these guys are robots and they're going to play at the same level and have the same fire and emotion in those settings that they, as they would against, you know, Gardner Webb on a Tuesday night at eight. So I think that's just human. Um, and it, it may be subconscious. I may be projecting, maybe they don't feel that at all. But I think that it'd be naive to think there's not a little bit of that going on too. To kind of like, we've put this, you know, we've put this expectation on ourselves, and um, you know, nothing we can do will fill those expectations for three or four months. Uh, so I think that's that's kind of in the back too. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, you went there where I was going to go. Is it, It's like... You know, really, we got to do this. And, and you, it's basically they've got to play all these games to get where they want to go. 
Um, and, and I said it before, I'll say it again. They look just like they did last year, and they flipped the switch. The games will get harder. The games will get tougher. James Madison, no idea what kind of team they have, um, but I can imagine that they'll come into the Smith Center and play the best game they play all year. Um, that's just the way it works. And, and then they go to Portland. Give me something else. You mentioned Trimble. I love that young man's game. I mean, he's going to be the dog that Carolina needs, not just for this year, but beyond. What have you seen from him? He doesn't – and you've watched him a lot more than I have. I've my, my limits go to three games this year and some highlight tapes. What have you seen from him that, A, surprised you, B, doesn't surprise you, and – see what can he really add to this team <clears throat> to this team this season um that doesn't surprise me i would say is the defense because that's something he's known for um he's a very aggressive defensive player and then more than anything he's got the the lateral quickness and the build uh he's built like a running back you know six two six three two hundred pounds you know lots of muscle uh so that's that's a challenge if you're a you know, a point guard uh, like Gardner Webb had, or or even Cos Charleston had. That's a challenge to to go against someone who is just as quick as you, is bigger than you, and probably more athletic than you as well. Uh, so that's not surprising that he's playing uh, well defensively. Uh, I think what he can do to contribute uh, is help them get out and transition a little bit more. Um, again, super athlete. I mean, just a phenomenal athlete, and can really push tempo. So when he's in the game, and if he ever gets the ball, I think it's in his best interest and the team's best interest to push as fast as possible to try to create some easy shots. Cause right now, as crazy as it sounds, it, it, they're not getting a lot of easy shots. Everything is contested. I feel like everything has to come off of a ball screen and that's not, I don't want to say it's not sustainable, but it, it'd be easier for them if they were able to get more transition. And I think that's really where Trimble can help a ton. Yeah, just get out and go. Uh, Trimble with 15 minutes tonight. Styles done. McCoy with five, four, six, and Tyler Nickel had nine. Uh, it's looking like the Iron Five early with with Trimble coming in and offering something. Uh, is the rebounding a concern, Sherell? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it was it was the final 39-37 or 40-38, uh, I think it was. 40-38. to 40-38. stats, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know Gardner-Webb has a couple of big guys, so that, that shouldn't happen with North Carolina size, with their athleticism. I mean, they, they start three guys who are 6'8 or taller. Uh, you know, Caleb Love is, is for college, is a pretty big two guard. And then the smallest player on the court for Carolina is the one who had 10 rebounds. So that's never uh, a positive uh, when you're point guard has more rebounds than your forwards and your center. Uh, it, it, part of it is probably the shots that Garner was taking, but this is, again, this is a three game sample size. It's all we have to go by. And the rebounding has not been great. And that is surprising. I, I, I don't have a reason why. Uh, if you talk to basketball people, they always say rebounding is all about desire and all about want to. So I, I'm, I'm not questioning their desire or, or their want to, uh, but uh, that seems to be, what rebounding is. It's not a, a schematic thing, I don't think. Uh, and, I, you know, I just think they got to get into the groove, man. I, I, honestly, I think that's all it is. Um, they had a very eventful summer, a very eventful spring. They had a lot of fun. They did a lot. And it just takes time to get back into bat. When I say basketball shape, I don't mean like physically, but just mentally, the grind and playing the way you're supposed to play and knowing that you have to play for 40 minutes, all those cliches that we hear coaches say. It takes time for that stuff to really um, come back to your mind. And I think we'll, we'll see it over the next couple of weeks. But 
not the best three performances to start the season. Definitely, I don't think the way um, a lot of people who follow this stuff expected them to come out, but early yet, and they did win the games. Uh, so we'll see what happens, you know, as they move forward. Yeah, we're going to get out of here. I think that's the biggest concern for me. So, Nick Whitfield, your question was, what's the biggest concern? I think that's it, uh, if I have to pick. Let me throw up a couple more um, while we get out of here. Um, this is a relevant point. Shout out to George Jenkins. Is it me or are there just way more quality players in college basketball? The games are not complete mismatches anymore. Sherelle, the portal, the COVID years, uh, all that stuff has made it certainly more um, level if you would say. Now, North Carolina hadn't played well, but how do you see that affecting games like this, games across the country? I mean, Florida State's 0-3. Yeah. (laughs) Look at it. I mean, Colgate, uh, Appalachian State, Stetson, Troy, these teams have beaten, you know, ACC teams, Maine. Uh, You know, Garter Webb just gave UNC a little bit of a scare. I don't think anybody ever thought Carolina would lose the game, but not supposed to be, you know, under 10 points at the other four timeout. Um, So I think it's all the things you mentioned. And then in general, there's just a lack of fear that there used to be when you come into the Smith Center or you go into Rupp or you go in, you know, to uh, to Cameron or any of the great, um, you know, buildings from the from the Blue Blood programs. I don't sense the same uh, fear that there used to be like Carolina. In, you know, in 1998, if somebody came into the Smith Center, say College of Charleston or, or someone like that, Carolina had an automatic 15-point lead when the game started just because they were in awe of the athletes on the team. They were in awe of the banners and, you know, Coach Smith on the sideline. I'll change it to 97 so Coach Smith could be there. Um, Coach Smith on the sideline, all, all that stuff. And I don't think that's there anymore because to them it's just like, oh, we're, we're playing another game. And contributing that to that, I think, is – a lot of these kids played together in AAU. They played together in high school. So to them, it's not some superstar on the other side of the court. You know, it's Johnny that I played with, you know, on, on 15 and under or Michael that I played with on 16 and under. Uh, so all that all that contributes. And then there's just more talented basketball players than there used to be. And they all don't aren't hogged up by the Blue Bloods and, and the Power Five. Um, you don't have to go to Carolina to, to meet your goals, you know, um, anymore like it used to be. So I think all those things combined make some of the, these games closer. Um, a reliance on freshmen from some of the schools in, in the ACC and around the country makes it tougher. Misevaluations. Uh, you talk about COVID, not just the guys having an extra year, but misevaluations of players who you thought were going to be good or players you thought were going to be bad because of COVID. And now, you know, they flip-flopped. You, you thought they were going to be great coming in. And they're not, or you thought they were going to be terrible coming in, and now they're a starter for you. So all that, you mix it all together, and you get some of these strange outcomes that we're seeing early. Yep, it's what makes college basketball fun. Still hard to get into college basketball. Yeah, let's talk football. Yeah, so let's so, do impromptu uh, game plan. Let's go. Yeah, no, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you five minutes <laughs> nah, nah, on, on the post game to talk about what do you think about Carolina football? Thirteenth nah, in the latest thing. I know you love football as much as oh I yeah. Do. And see, I can be a fan. Like I, I have no problem because I don't cover UNC football. So I'm, I'm just 100 percent just pure fan, ready to go. I love Carolina. it, man. It's great. Carolina, it's great. I will, I will freely admit, <laughs> I, I had the playoff. I, I was watching Michigan State and Kentucky, hoping that game would end on another screen, while watching Carolina, so I could see the playoff rankings. 13th for Carolina. Oh, you think 13th. Drake May wins the Heisman? Man, I, I mean, why not? Why not? He's Unless something crazy happens, I mean, 
he's going to have 350 and three touchdowns in his last two games. I mean, because that's what he's done every game pretty much. So it's not like I'm, I'm not jinxing anything. It's just what he does. Um, so if Carolina is 11 and one and he has a good game against Clemson, why not? I mean, you, you've seen all the numbers I've seen where all the stat comparisons where it's not really it's close not between close. him and the other quarterbacks. And then it's, it's, if we're being honest, it's because he plays at Carolina. That's the only reason he's not number one, you know, minus 200 lock of the century to win the Heisman is because he plays at Carolina. And I think that's what frustrates the Carolina fan base so much is that they don't feel respected. And, you know, sometimes you got to go take respect and maybe that's what he'll do over the next three games. But it's, it's just, it's absolutely insane that Carolina is nine and one, that Carolina has somebody who is a Heisman, not just a Heisman contender, but it's going to be in New York and that Carolina is playing an ACC championship game. Like, what I mean, it's, we it's, live in? Yeah, it's nuts, man. Like, and I, I don't think I, I get upset when people complain about it. Like, Oh, but the defense gave up 30. Who cares? They're nine and one. You know how many times this happened? I was born in the early eighties. You know how many times this happened since I was born twice for you. Twice, 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 <laughs> twice. So like, why, why are we complaining? What is, what is happening? Anyway, there. There's a lot. I agree with you 100%. I say it all the time. Uh, you know, enjoy the ride. It, it, it does not happen often. Carolina 3 and 0 in basketball beats Gardner Webb. Uh, you see the scroll at the bottom. My, my fancy little scroll, 72 like 66. A little, little bit close. If I was good enough, I'd throw stats up while we we're talking, but I can't. That's a lot to do at once. This is my first time in, in this setting, so I like it. This is fancy. I, I see it all the time when I'm watching you guys, but my first time in it. Yeah, man. It's like, come on in. Welcome into the room. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of fun stuff we can do uh, on this format. Somebody in the chat mentioned Next Level. Greg Barnes and I will record Next Level tomorrow. Supposedly, supposed to have a special guest. Folks will be glad to hear. Um, yeah, it, it is a wild time for Carolina athletics. Somebody mentioned basketball rules today or carries UNC sports. Not so sure, <laughs> Garrett. Not so sure these days if Carolina football keeps it up. We'll see. Sherelle McMillan, appreciate you joining me, man. Yep, no problem. Appreciate it. Thanks to Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com for uh, sponsoring us. Thanks to the 125-plus that joined us on the live post-game podcast. Check out all the content. Sherelle will be back next week with Coast to Coast with Joey Powell, Sean Moran. I'll be back too many times. You see me a lot. Enjoy it, though. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.